Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. But again, what the Mets were able to do was build a big enough lead. They took advantage of the Braves' crappy defense in the second game of the doubleheader. Dansby Swanson's committing errors. He committed one in the first inning. Mets didn't make him pay. Commits the error in the third inning when they're trying to turn the double play on Darren Ruff. The Mets do make him pay because it basically led to two runs. They add the insurance run in the sixth inning. And that's what was so important that the offense was able to give enough wiggle room that when you hand the baseball to your bullpen in the eighth inning, they're not protecting a one-run lead because your offense barely got Max Scherzer or anything. They're protecting a four-run lead. And by the way, in that game, the second game of the doubleheader, How about that play by Luis Guillerme? That was what was so great about the Guillerme play, which if you missed was the ground ball to second. The Met infield was back. And Guillerme, I wouldn't even say baited Travis Darno to run. I think Travis Darno was running. And Guillerme throws him out at the plate. It was such a great play by Luis because it wasn't even a physical play, other than making the throw, obviously. It was just think about what was going on for Guillerme mentally to be on top of this game enough to make that play. The infield's back. They're trying to turn two. That's why the infield's back. They're trying to turn two. Michael Harris is running on the play. So right off the bat, you know, hey, I'm probably not turning two because Harris is running. You feel the ball. You have enough knowledge of who the base runner is, Travis Thurno, not the fastest guy in the world, to actually throw home, cut him out at the plate, when I think in the moment you're thinking, hey, ball's hit to me, I'm trying to turn two. Harris is running, trying to steal second, or really it's a hit and run. He makes the play, Guillerme, throws home. Max is the happiest guy in the world because Luis Guillerme stole an extra non-unearned run for Max Scherzer. Luis Guillerme has proven he's got to play every day. Second base, third base, his instincts, his defense. I know he made that one error the other day. That was weird. But his instincts, his defense, his ability to give you a quality at-bat, even if he's going to take an 0 for 3 or a 1 for 4, no one's mistaking him with Rod Carew. But he does enough to help you win. And that was a tremendous play by Luis Guillerme, who's become the everyday third baseman. Let's face it, he is. Unless there's a lefty on the mound and then Escobar plays, Luis Guillerme is the everyday third baseman. I would say that if... It's going to be a slight on Luis Guillerme if the Mets don't win a World Series because this. 
no one's ever going to remember how good he's been defensively, offensively, in clutch situations. He has been one of the, the quintessential pieces to this Mets team. And no one's going to remember it if they don't win a World Series. Because he's been so clutch. And it's, they all rely on Alonzo, Lindor, Scherzer, Diaz, now DeGrom. He's going to be that, like, that, that, that last piece of the puzzle. Not if he goes uh, nine for twenty-two in a World Series. <laughs> if he if he Cody Rosses the World Series and gets hot or makes some kind of Brooks Robinson dude, defensive play, dude. How about the play at second base to get Dar- like you said, like, the play at second base to get to get Darno? It is ridiculous. He has been so amazing defensively, offensively. He comes up clutch every freaking day. And, it feels like. And if if you're gonna get enough offense elsewhere, you can live with a light hitting defensive first third baseman. And look, look at this series. Look how many runs the Mets are scoring. And I know Thomas Nito has run into a couple of big hits, including that suicide squeeze, which was awesome on Saturday night because he lays down bunts. He leads the world in bunts. Tomas Nito does that better than anybody. But they're not getting great production from behind the plate. They're getting a lot more production out of DH, which is the key. And so, and, and by the way, they weren't getting a lot of production out of third base anyway because Escobar wasn't having a great year. And Guillerme is just so good defensively. Look, it's not even a debate anymore. He has become, very quietly, the everyday third baseman for this team. And then when Escobar does play, we've seen McNeil sit. And Guillerme move over to second base like we saw in the second game of the doubleheader when he was able to make that incredible instinctive play. Uh, but guys like that are really, really important. And he's going to be really important, not just for the run this season, but for the future. I mean, a guy who can play anywhere defensively, a guy who can give you those great quality at-bats, he's outstanding. And look, Max, I, I think it becomes almost forgettable when Max Scherzer goes seven scoreless innings and strikes out 11 because you expect it. I mean, that should be the lead from the second game of this doubleheader. The fact that Max Scherzer took the baseball and was filthy, and was dominant against a really good lineup in a really big spot, a chance to win this series. And Max Scherzer took it, and and it's incredible what he's done. He's not going to win the Cy Young because he missed too much time on the injured list, but Max Scherzer is putting up Cy Young numbers, and he's doing it at this age, at 39 years old, 38 38 years old. I don't want to make him any older than he is, but he's having statistically, one of the best seasons of his career. And that excites me because it's like, yeah, we got this guy to a three-year contract. Just like Justin Verlander in Houston, there's no signs that he's going to slow down. So let's cherish it. Let's enjoy it. But Max was amazing. And as I'm watching Max dominate Saturday night, I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, Jacob DeGrom's going to pitch tomorrow? Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. And we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center 
Twitter anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So we go from this, this spectacle of Max Scherzer to Jacob DeGrom. And another thing about Max Scherzer, and I know it's early, and by early I mean the season isn't over yet. Have we ever seen a Mets free agent signee perform at this level in year one? You know, because for my money, Hoff, the best free agent signee in the history of the New York Mets is probably Carlos Beltran, just based on performance. Well, we all know what he did his first year here. He wasn't very good. He had to overcome his first year here. So, is there anybody better in terms of first-year performance as a free agent than this? The only person I would say is compatible is Johan Santana because if you recall 2007... Not a free agent, though. I don't count them. Uh, okay. All right. They traded for him. They tra- I'm talking true. about... Carlos Gomez, you're right. I'm talking about straight-up free agent signees. I mean, they've traded for guys, obviously, that have performed well, but this is a big-money contract free agent signing. And, dude, it's Jason like the, Bay? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's more that than anything. When you think of Met free agent signees, usually it ends bad. But even in Beltron's case, who overall was a really good Met, even though some Met fans may not ever really appreciate that. Would you retire his number? No, 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 no. I'm not getting there. And then you think about all the other Hall of Fame pitchers that they've added over the years late in their career. They added Tom Glavin late in his career. They added Pedro Martinez late in his career, who, by the way, probably fits it well, the, the idea of a free agent signing who performed well in year one. Pedro's first year with the Mets was by far his best year. But it ain't as good as this. I mean, as good as Pedro was in 2005, Max Scherzer's better. But he's probably the answer to the question. Now, hopefully Scherzer's remaining years are better than Pedro's remaining years because it was all downhill after year one with Pedro Martinez, mostly because of health. But you think about all the Hall of Fame pitchers the Mets have added late in their careers. Tommy Glavin, Pedro Martinez. Here's Max Scherzer, who, you know, how many starts has he now made for this team? It's uh, 15 starts. 15 starts into his Met career, and we all we, we all love the guy. But, de- but, but Evan... This is why, and I'm not saying this is why the team's going to go bad the rest of the season, but this is why a lot of fans were a little disappointed with the lackluster trade deadline because we feel like this team is like a pinnacle. It is. This is like an ultimate New York Mets team that we've never seen before. You want to add on. And they it feels like they didn't do that. Well, they, they did went, offensively. Look, you've seen it over the last eh, five days. They didn't in their bullpen. That's the problem. It's the bullpen. It's not the offense. I'm sorry. Eh, but the offense, the, listen, you and me could agree to disagree. The offense was like an upgrade, but did they they upgraded a little bit. They could have gone the jugular. They didn't do that. I don't know, man. We'll see. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here bitching about Vogelbach and Naquin and Darren Ruff because if used properly... 
I'm not just talking about what they've done over the last week, but if used properly, they're incredibly productive offensive players. They're certainly more productive than what they had at DH. And you don't necessarily need to start every position. You need production at every position. The bullpen thing is going to scare me. I tweeted it out over the weekend. And of course, I got Met fans saying, enjoy the moment. They're winning. I am enjoying the moment and winning. I love it. I'm concerned about the bullpen. I'm probably going to be concerned about the bullpen until, you know, the parade occurs if there is one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, what do you want me to do? Of course, I'm going to be concerned about this bullpen. What is it? Did anybody watch this series and say, this middle relief is better than we thought? No, it sucks, but they may be good enough to overcome it. And that's the exciting thing. Did you, did you feel at any moment that David Peterson, listen, he performed well. No one's going to complain about his performance at all. But did you prefer, did you feel at any moment that he can come in in a bullpen moment in a big time spot and so, close out a bullpen spot? So, so here's what's going to happen. I think David Peterson is in the minor leagues right now. He's going to make a couple of more starts, and then he's going to come back because the Mets have another doubleheader in a few weeks against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Mets have a lot of off days throughout September, and we'll see if this is a a close pennant race, or if the Mets can actually really run away with the NL East 2015 style. If the Mets are healthy, and that's obviously a major key, Jake continues to be healthy, Bassett, Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, who had that scare. If this team is healthy, I think what we're going to start to see in September is Buck Showalter use David Peterson out of the bullpen. More auditions. He's not a failure just because of what happened against the Yankees. Didn't work against the New York Yankees. He came in and five pitches in gave the game up, as we know. But I think if the Mets are healthy, we're going to start to see Buck Showalter use him more out of the bullpen and just see. And I think we'll have a better view of what David Peterson can be in October based on what we see from him in September working out of the bullpen. Same thing with Tyler McGill. So... I think for now, Peterson has a really valuable role on this team. Number one, when they play a doubleheader, they need him to make starts. And number two, if anybody goes down with injury, anybody in this rotation goes down, David Peterson steps in. So I think we have a few more weeks of that before, okay, everything's great. Let's check him out in the bullpen. But I can't answer that now because he's made two bullpen appearances. They weren't very good, but we also see a guy who has pitched so well in the rotation, who has a slider that's getting swing and misses up the kazoo. He's got potential to be a weapon out of this bullpen, no doubt about it, because they're desperate for a lefty. I think they're so desperate for a lefty that when I saw Jake McGee was DFA'd, my thought was, why the hell not? Bring him in. Because the only lefty is Joely Rodriguez, who I know pitched great on Sunday. 